Amen. All right. Turn, if you would, to Psalms 46. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Glad we're happy about the word. I will tell you, uh, I, I'm going to preach on the subject that I'm going to talk about today over in the next couple, three weeks. So uh, I'm cognizant of time. I don't have to finish today. Um, and so uh, don't get nervous. Uh, if you're wondering, it's 1114. And, um, and so we still have an hour and 45 minutes till one o'clock. Oh, that was just a point of reference. Psalms 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, that word refuge is a place of safety. <clears throat> you know, we have, uh, what do, do they call them refuges? Uh, like, um, or sanctuaries, like, uh, you know, animals can go and you can't shoot the animal in that place. It's like a preserve or something like that. It's a place of safety. That, it, that if they're in there, that which is out, outside can't touch them. In the Old Testament, we, see, we could see the city of refuge. That if somebody did something that they were worthy of death, they could run to that city. If they were inside there, then, then certain uh, things were, were limited. What could be done to them? When, when this verse says, God is our refuge, God is our place of safety. God is a God in God is a place where things outside of God cannot touch you. We, we, we've got to come down to where we're see. This is the 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 element of, you know, there's a lot of Christians that talk about, well, I've got Jesus in me or I've got the Holy Spirit in me, but they don't know how to live protected from the things of the world. They, they haven't been taught the full doctrine. God is our refuge. There's a place in him. He is my strength. This word from the Hebrew, strength, means quality or state of being physically strong. In fact, there's another verse that says, let the weak say they are strong. Do you know what most weak people say? I'm weak. Do you know what most sick people say? I'm sick. Do you know what most broke people say? I'm broke. Do you know what most depressed people say? See, see, there's a place where we're physically strong. There's a place, and I keep harping on this because it's a real deal today, there's a place where inflation won't touch you. There's a place where COVID has no power over you. There's a place where nothing, now, now it's, it, don't think that it's not going to come knocking on your door. It will knock on your door. But do we have, see, see, when something comes to knock on your door, do you have a reality within you from a functional standpoint? What do I mean by functional standpoint? How you're going to function. Okay, something comes up and knocks on your door. How do you respond? See, do I, do I realize the place that I'm at and the strength that I have? I've made the example many times that if an ant came running at you, you probably wouldn't turn around and run. You'd probably go, <laughs> try that again. Okay, but you, you start increasing the size of it or the creepiness of it. Now what happens? I, I've told the story many times when I was growing up. We lived on a cul-de-sac, and uh, as you came out of the cul-de-sac to go to school, you turned left. The, uh, the people that lived on the corner house right there where you turned left had two wiener dogs. 
And man, those wiener dogs chased us so many times. I mean, we, we would start walking home from school. We'd go across the street, come out, or, or we'd come out of the cul-de-sac and make the long loop around to get by that house because we never knew if the two wiener dogs were going to be outside or not outside. Then when Tammy and I, that, that's like when I was in grade school, sixth grade, you're, how old are you in sixth grade, 11-ish, something like that. So that was in those, those years of, you know, 7 to 11 or something like that. And then we bought a house. Our first house we bought was like in 87, maybe 86, something like that. Um, so, you know, now I'm like 17 or 18. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but now I'm in my 20s. I think, how old was it? Was that 24, 23 when we got married? 23. So, and we bought the house a couple of years. So I'm about 25 probably. And there's this juniper tree out there. And I walk out there with these pruning shears. And I'm going to cut the thing out because I don't like juniper bushes. And when I got out there, I found out our neighbor has two wiener dogs. They were in the garage and they started chasing me. 11-year-old David kicked in. Okay, state of being. I had never dealt with that. That's still in me. Yeah. Now, now, I hadn't had to deal with it because I hadn't faced a wiener dog, you know, in all that time. But, but now I found out where I was living. And I took off running. I got halfway across the yard, running to the garage with these pruning shears in front of me. <laughs> and I realized I can cut those dogs in half. <laughs> Why am I running? I turned around and started chasing the dogs, going, ah! <laughs> and guess what? We lived there next door to those people, I don't know, five years, something like that, three years, uh, about three years. Those dogs never chased me again. When I would walk out, they would go back in their garage. But now, now that's a natural story, true story. But that's the same thing spiritually. Yeah. See, if you're still tied into the natural fear element, when something, when a wiener dog comes at you, you're going to default into that out of Christ place. He is my refuge and my strength. A very present help. In the time of trouble. He's present. No, no, no. He's not present. A very present. He's not just like, well, he's over there. No, 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 no. He's very present in the time of trouble. But in the time of trouble, how do you respond to the trouble? See, using my wiener dog story, when the wiener dogs came, I left the place where I was in control and allowed them to take control. See, in Peter's uh, exhortation this morning, there was, there was something that came and knocked on his door. He had a choice at that point of how am I going to deal with this? One, he could have submitted himself to it and got depressed, yeah. got discouraged. Quit would have then came in and tried to get on him. Give up would have came in and tried to get on him. But he made the decision I'm not going to leave the place that I'm at. Does that make sense? Verse 2 says, therefore. Now, anytime we read the word therefore, we got to stop and see what it's there for. Well, it's there for verse 1. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, or when trouble comes, and it's going to start talking about the trouble coming, Therefore, I'm going to behave a certain way because he's my refuge, he's my strength, and he's a very present help 
in the time of trouble. So let's see what therefore. Therefore will not we fear. Or therefore I'm not going to fear. There is no fear in this place of God. There's no fear in him. In fact, you can go over to the New Testament and it says there is no fear in him. So in order for me to get into fear, I have to get out of him. Because there is no fear in him. In order for me to get into fear, I have to get out of him. Now apply it to your life. How much fear do you deal with? Because whatever fear you deal with, you have to get out of God, who is your refuge, who is your strength, and who is a very present help in the time of trouble. You have to get out of him to get into the fear. Therefore, we will not fear, though, watch this, though the earth be removed. Now, wait a minute. If the earth is removed, where are you? Like floating? So, 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 so we're going off the, ther the therefore. If God is my refuge in him, and he is my strength, and a very present help in the time of trouble, and the earth be removed, I still should not fear. I mean, is there anything more than the earth being removed? I mean, that kind of like sums up everything disastrous that could happen, right? And though mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Now, we live in California, subject to a lot of earthquakes. Uh, they say we have multiple earthquakes every day. Most of them are so, so small that um, you can't film or anything like that. But we've had big ones here. But, but what if, see, we got mountains around us. You know how they talk about... Uh, California falling off into the ocean. So if it starts shaking, oh, that fall in my Bible. If it starts shaking and the mountains start splashing, where's your fear level? Now, hold your place there. I didn't put this in there. It just comes up. Go to Psalms 27. Amen. The, Psalms 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He's saying the exact same thing. When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and they fall. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. There is, there is no fear in this place of God. It, it amazes. Now, now, I'm a person that really, uh, I challenge fear. If there's something that... Uh, that tries to get on me in fear. You might have seen the, the pictures of uh, us in the CN Tower in Canada. And uh, um, uh, Tammy had a little bit of problem with it. Uh, but I didn't. I'm like, Th this tower's been standing here for years. I doubt it's going to fall over today. You know, so I'm inside. But, in, but outside of that tower, they have this five-foot... Um, uh, like a great thing, like if it rains, the water would just go through it, but you can walk on it, you know, like one of those things, I don't know what you call it. 
And they will suit you up and connect you. And you can go out there and walk free-handed. Anybody want to do this? It was closed that day. Probably a, a salvation for me. Because I, I started thinking, now, now logically speaking, it's perfectly safe. Because you're tethered in. I mean, if you fall, you're just going to dangle there and they're going to pull you back up. Uh, but uh, um, it reminds me of the story, you know, like if you fail. Uh, I was talking to Andrew about his uh, skydiving expedition. He said after they jumped out of the plane and they got the parachute out and going down, the, the person he's tandem with unleashes something so they, they drop a little bit lower, but they didn't tell Andrew. <laughs> it wasn't a story of faith. It was a story, ah, what's going on here? Now, now, if you fell, I'm sure that would happen up there too. But, but logically, I mean, you're perfectly safe. But, but I looked at myself and, I said, and I, I'm asking myself, can I do this? Now, I couldn't that day because it was closed. Um, can I do this? And they also had a floor where it's a glass floor where you can walk around there. I would have done that. That's no problem. We're inside. The tower's not going to fall over. I want, to do, I want to walk that thing that's on, at the Grand Canyon. It's a glass floor that goes out there. But could I do this tethered up? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know uh, if I could do it. <coughs> uh, but I, I probably would push myself to do it. Why? I want no fear in my life. Anywhere I see fear in my life, I realize I have to step out of God to step into the fear. People get afraid over not having enough money. People get afraid over, you know, uh, a pain in their body. People get afraid over a lot of things. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help. Though the earth be removed, though mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters therefore roar, roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and, uh, with the swelling thereof. Then there's that word selah that Tammy talked about. Stop, pause, think about it, meditate on it. Where is fear in your life? Where, where, does, where does it work within you? Now, in verse 4, an answer comes about. There is a river, the streams shall, whereof shall make glad the city of God. Now, this is not talking about a river as in a water. It's talking about a flow. So, I don't know if you remember, uh, I think it was the Gaithers that sang it, There is a River. Remember that song? There is a River. Do you know that song, uh, Arlie? You don't? Who's singing over here? <laughs> Sing it. There is a river, and it flows from deep within. There is a fountain that frees the soul from sin. Come to the water. There is a vast supply. There is a river that never shall run dry. Okay, that's a, a Psalms. There is a river. Remember in, in John, Jesus says, there, uh, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's what this river is. There's a flow that we can get into that will satisfy 
the things of this life that we need. There is a river that streams wherever shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle, the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right, <clears throat> and that right early. God is in the midst of her. He shall, she shall not be moved. Or oh, I just read that. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Jump down to verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. You know why many of us miss the reality of God? Is because we can't be still. There, there is something in the being still where God starts moving on our behalf. But in anxiety, God is not there. That's why the Bible says, uh, be anxious for nothing. In fear, you have to step out of God to get into fear. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. I want to read. Uh, Bill Winston had this on his um, uh, um, broadcast this morning, and uh, Bill Winston grew up in Tuskegee uh, area. If you've never watched the, um, uh, the movie, The Tuskegee Airmen, it's an excellent movie. Um, but uh, George Washington Carver ended up teaching there at uh, Booker T. Washington's um, uh, university, um, which is where Bill Winston grew up going, going through those uh, elements. George Washington Carver was a slave, and he got free. He was uneducated. In fact, Washington Carver wasn't even his real name. It's kind of interesting how he just took him on. He was only nor named as George. And, uh, but, but God did supernatural things through this man. And so one of the things that, that God had showed him, he could do, he made like 300 or 600, I can't remember which it is, products out of the peanut. And, and he, was a, he was an uneducated man, but, but he learned how to tap into the wisdom of God. And here's a quote from George Washington Carver, November 19th, 1924. God is going to reveal to us things he never revealed before if we put our hands in his. No books ever go into my laboratory. The thing I am to do and the way of doing it are revealed to me. I never have to grope for methods. Uh, he doesn't have to like try to figure out how to do it, try to try this, try to, I don't have to grope for methods. The method is revealed to me the moment I am inspired to create something new. Without God to draw aside the curtain, I would be helpless. So, so if we take that now, now he was uneducated. He was a slave up until he was, uh, you know, on a plantation up until I think he was about 12 or something like that. It's been a while since I read his story. But, um, uh, but he learned how that without a college degree, God would reveal to him how to do things. Now that God, same God wants to do things with you and I. Be still and know that I am God. This is really, this verse right here is really the testimony of that, of that uh, quote, if you will, is that he was able to be still and wait for God to show him. See, but what happens in our lives is when things come along, we get hyperactive on how we got to fix it, how we got to make it happen. Why don't we slow down and start listening? 
What would happen if we slowed down and listened for God to speak and made sure it was a God? There's a lot of people that hear familiar spirits. They think they're, you know, they're psychic or they can hear things or whatever. Uh, I'm not talking about those fools. I'm talking about if we, if we slow down and listen to God, he will show us how to do things. And what he shows us how to do will work. Amen. Now, go to uh, John 10.10. 10. Uh, a uh, verse that I quote frequently. Okay, I'm probably only going to get two scriptures in today or two sections. But we'll lay a good foundation here. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes. Uh, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. Notice there was two things that Jesus said. The thief comes for this reason. I am come for this other reason. There's only two reasons. There, there's no middle ground. In, the, in this natural environment, there are only two systems of operation. One system operates under the laws of sin and death. The other system operates under the life in Christ Jesus. It's called the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. Different references in different verse. But what I want you to notice here, there's only two. Now, in Deuteronomy 30, 19, uh, we won't turn there, I'll just read it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death. He's only set two things before us. Life and death. Blessing and cursing. In the system of life, you're blessed. In the system of death, you're cursed. Therefore, choose. Now, you and I get to choose. You and I get to choose. There's only two systems. But you and I get to choose. Now, now if we take our, our Psalms 46 verses... There's God who is our refuge, who is our strength, who is a very present help in the time of danger. And then there's all these other things that can happen that I read. You and I choose which one to be in. It's our decision. You and I get to choose. You can look at anybody's life. Just take the stupidest person you know that's just always, life is always falling apart. It's very simple. It is the result of their decisions. You take a look at somebody else's life, it seems like everything they touch turns to gold. It's because of their decisions. There's only two systems of operation. The system of life and the system of death. The only reason, the system of death, the thief cometh not, there's no other reason for him to show up at your door except to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now the one thing that God, nor the devil, has the power over is your right to choose. Both will influence you. How committed is God to trying to get you to receive him and walk in his goodness? Well, he's so committed, he sent his only son to pay the price for, for your sin. How committed is the devil to kill, steal, and destroy in your life? Uh, he's committed. If you don't think he is, he's committed. Well, I'm just a nobody. Oh, no, 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 no. He knows who you are. And he's committed. Now, he has no power over you. 
In fact, you know, many people talk about they'll take a promise of God and they'll talk about this is our promise. We live in it, yet they're not living in it. Well, by his stripes, I'm healed. Well, why aren't you healed? Well, he that was rich became poor that, that I might be rich. Well, then why are you poor? Why are you broke? See, we, 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 can, we can say the scriptures and apply them, but what we really need to do is look at them. Am I walking in the promise? I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, I just, I'm just humble before God. I don't need to be rich. You don't understand the scriptures. This, Psalms 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and he created it for you and me. He doesn't want the, the heathen to have it. But because of passivity of the church and the lack of knowledge of the church, we sit back and just feel good in our, in our salvation. He didn't want us saved. He wants us to occupy. That's actually a verse. Until he returns. So there's only two systems that are set before us. And um, Satan is motivated to get us to make a decision where he can kill, steal, and destroy, but he does not have the power to kill, steal, and destroy. If he had the power to uh, uh, steal from you, everybody's wallet and everybody's purses would be gone before you walked out of here. They would just disappear because the demon would come in, take it, run out. We'd see purses floating all all the way out. If he was able to kill you, you'd be dead. If he was able to destroy Elements of your life, we'd all walk out and all of our vehicles would be destroyed. He doesn't have the power to do it. The only thing he can do is get you and me to make a decision to step out of the refuge and the strength of God and to operate in this other decision. How do we do that? We do that through decision. We make a decision that is not of God. We make a decision, lean not to your own understanding, but we lean to our own understanding. It makes sense up here, but it violates here. Now, when it it makes sense here and it violates here, it's very hard to operate. That's where your faith is going to come in, is I've got to believe that God knew what he was saying and that he will bring me to the place of my destination if I will abandon this and pursue this. It's very difficult. But he's saying, come, follow me. Come on, follow me. Come on, follow me. Hey, you, come on, follow me. It'll work. He's a gentleman. He's inviting us to come into life more abundantly. But the devil, he's like, Peter, go that way. Do that thing, man. Tell him what you think. Come on, come on. (laughs) He ain't a gentleman. He's going to push and pull on you. He's going to put thoughts in your mind. He's going to, uh, when you get up to that de- decision and, and you're going to feel all this pressure, God's over here. Just follow me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Just follow me. Follow my word. It'll work out. It doesn't look like it. doesn't look like it does. It ain't going to work. How in the world could that ever work? It? Ah, go this way. Go this way. The only thing you and I have power over is the decisions we make. Now, unfortunately, we're living in a time people are so mentally weak, they think that their stupid decisions is justified and validated, and they keep doing the same things over and over again, getting the same result, destruction and failure, but yet they keep doing it, think that they're right, uh, and, and that's a spirit that's operating in this world today. But in this, in this, we have to see, in my foundation today, I was, I was really wanting to give you a scripture and show how this thing works in natural life, but I don't have time. Let me just... Scan these uh, bullet points for a minute. 
Okay, we'll stop here. And then I'll pick up on it. You and I get to choose. Every day, you and I are making decisions. And we tend to think that the outright sinner, the person, the addict, the person that's just stuck on stupid, that the Bible is talking about them. But I'm talking about the morally good and the self-disciplined, who's not out to hurt, who's not chasing sin, who's just being a Christian and doing themselves. They are still making decisions every day. And it's going to come down. We have the right to choose, and the choice is going to take us someplace. And the whole system of God is set up on this. Let's stand. The whole system of God is set up on this. Be still. Be still. Be still. And know that I am the Lord. I'm a very present help in whatever you're facing today. Uh, I'll end with the story. I was in a, a conference. I've told it before. There's a Romanian guy there. And uh, he was trans- or they had to translate for him because he, he spoke the Romanian language. But he was talking about whenever Soviet um, control and all that kind of stuff was going, they had underground church and the KGB showed up. And they all started to panic. And this one man in the, 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 the midst said, this word comes to me from the Bible, be still and uh, know that I am God. He said, everybody just stop. Don't move. Just be still and let God show up. And so everybody just stopped where they were. And the, the, the military came in, or the police, or whatever, where they came in. They started running. They just walked right by people, went around. I know they were here. We have reports that they were here. We didn't see them leave, and they, they searched the whole house, and they just stood there. And then they left. Not one person arrested, not one person beat. They just got still to find God. Now, I'm going to stop here. This is just a foundation. I'll, I'll pick up on this next Sunday. But, but, it, but in this, what I want you to, to at least meditate on this is you're, you're making decisions. Can you slow down and be still? God, what is it that you want me to do? Do you know that probably every person in here, to some degree or another, is living their life based on what somebody else said about them? Whether it was a teacher, a doctor, uh, a whoever. And very few people live their life based on what Jesus has said about them. Whatever, whatever thing you're facing right now, God has thoughts of you. He knows where you're at. He has a way to bring you out of it. He has a way and, and an end if we can just stay on his word. And many times what has to happen is we just got to slow down and shut up. Do you know when your mouth gets the stupidest? Is when you're under pressure. That's the time to keep. Jesus said, I'm not going to say anything from here on out because Satan has nothing to grab hold of. Because he understood the power of our words to entrap us. In fact, on on Friday I did a live stream on how important are our words. I'd encourage you to go back, look it up, and watch it. Our words are very powerful. But I I want to say we're going to close in prayer. If you've got something that you're making a decision on, I want to pray with you. God has an answer. But but we have to slow down. Emotions start running high when things are getting tough. Our our brain kicks into high gear when when things don't look like they're, they're going the way we think they should go. A lot of things happen internally 
when, when things get hard. But we've got to know that God has an answer for everything. That if we will slow down and listen, He will show us, He will tell us. George Washington Carver sat there, went into his, his laboratory, and just waited for God to reveal to him how to do things. And he died a poor man, but it wasn't because of, um, uh, I mean, he had some money. He was just kind of, you know, getting by. But it wasn't because there was, wasn't lack of opportunity. Ford, Henry Ford offered him a job. Uh, there was somebody else that offered him a bunch of money uh, to come and lead their, their, their stuff that they do. And he turned them all down. So it wasn't from that. He just, God showed him how to get through everything that he's faced. Let's bow our heads this morning. If you've got something that you, you need to make a decision on it, you need an answer from God, just raise your hand this morning. Amen. Amen. I want you to get your faith. Everybody that's raised their hand, I want you to get your faith locked with me. God, I need an answer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, you saw the hands that were represented. We need an answer from you. We need an answer from you. Lord, you said that you would... You would Prepare the way for us in all things, that there would be nothing that had the power to overtake us. And in all things, you would make a way of escape. You said that you would reveal to us uh, things that others don't know. You said that we have the mind of Christ. Lord, there, there's so many elements in your word that you said that how you will lead us and how you will never leave us. God, you saw the hands that were raised this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that, that a, a revelation would come. God, that you would give the answer to those, to those questions, to those situations. God, that you would direct, but not only give the answer, <coughs> give every individual the strength to follow you. Because every word you give, it's going to take faith to walk in it. Because it's not going to sound right to the natural mind. It's not going to feel right to the emotional arenas of us. But God, let us see. Let us see. Let us understand. Let us seek you and believe in what we hear from you, Lord Jesus. God, help us to get quiet. Lord, let us just take five, ten minutes and just get quiet and say, God, I need an answer on this. Don't just, don't just keep saying, just keep listening. God, which way do I go? Show me. And if it takes a while, don't get discouraged. There's an element that God wants to see if we're serious. But God, we need an answer from you. Lord, we've got to start walking in these last days where we can live our life based on the knowledge within our spirit, not the knowledge in our head. We've got to break free from this thing of trying to act and be spiritual and just learn how to walk in the spirit. Stop, stop trying to look impressive to somebody else, but to, 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 to listen and know who we are in you. Lord, I, I pray, God, Lord, this, we, we've got to do this. We've got to learn how to do this. Speak to us. Speak to each and every one that has raised their hand, God, to know which way to go, to know how to do it, to know how to follow you, Lord, that we start developing the, the mannerisms of walking in the Spirit. Lord, deal with our hearts, God, on, on things, Lord, that's trying to get us out of you. God, deal with our hearts every time we step over into fear. Deal with our hearts, Lord Jesus. God, that we can, that we can stay confident in you. 
that you are our refuge, that you are our strength, that you are very present. Lord, in the time of trouble, when we need you, you're very present. You do not leave us nor forsake us. But God, we're going to live and function in this. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, uh, if you need prayer for something else, the elders are up here, they'll pray with you. If uh, Remember on Tuesday, we're going to be celebrating the 4th. And we're going to be getting fireworks, and we've got all the food planned out. Uh, we just ask people for some tips, you know, uh, 15, 20 bucks, something like that. Help us offset the cost. I give that to Marissa. Uh, so the only thing you need to bring is what uh, water, soda, something like that. And um, notice how I rephrased it. Um, water, soda, juice, um, and uh, something to sit on uh, for when we do the fireworks outside. We've got seating inside the house. Uh, and everything, but but when we do the fireworks, uh, we don't have out outdoor seating, and uh, so we'll see you there Wednesday night. Uh, I got some things stirring in my heart for Wednesday already, so come expecting on that. And um, God bless you. We will see you. Have a great week. <laughs>